Coming up today, it's time to look in Tinseltown. We haven't seen or heard from the Sparks much recently, but as they're getting ready to start a big stretch, what have they been doing under their new head coach? Was the decision to get rid of Derek Fisher correct? And will it even matter? This is the Locked On Women's Basketball Podcast. Let's go. You are Locked On Women's Basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yes, hello and welcome. You are listening to Locked On Women's Basketball. I'm your host for this day's episode here on Tuesday, June 21st. This is Alex Simon. I'm a sports editor at the Bay Area News Group up in the San Francisco Bay Area. I'm pinch hitting today for Howard Megdal, our normal host here at Locked On Women's Basketball. We got to give Howard some breathers every now and then. He can play the full 40 minutes if we have to, but you know, to get him at his best, we want him to play just 38 or so minutes. I'll take a breather for him here or there. We've got Dave Yapkovitz. Dave, thanks for joining us. The Los Angeles Sparks beat writer, and we're going to get into the Sparks. But before we do that, Dave, I wanted to thank all of the listeners here for making Lockdown Women's Basketball your first listen every day. And don't forget that Lockdown Women's Basketball is free and available on all platforms that you get your podcasts. And you can watch video of our podcast recording over on YouTube and see Dave's beautiful face. Dave, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Doing well. Dave, it's kind of been a weird situation where the Sparks have only had two games in the last two weeks. What have you been doing with all this free time? Um, Well, yeah, yeah, it's 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 been a little a little strange there. I'm considering how uh, schedule heavy, game heavy their their early schedule was. Um, Especially, it seems you know like when they were alternating, you know, home away. They only had a couple home games. You know, they were out on the road for most of that time. It seemed like they had you know a game every other day, Um, and now um, they've kind of hit a slower patch of their schedule it starts to to pick up a little bit um but we we did have even though you know it was a a slow time in terms of games we we had some pretty big news within the past two weeks you know some some major news i was gonna say big is not even kind of encapsulating everything (laughs) when you when you decide to fire well sorry i should say part ways with uh slip of the tongue there but part ways with your head coach and gm mutually we should say uh, that's pretty important. And Derek Fisher, it was actually two weeks ago today on June 7th that Derek Fisher was and the Sparks parted ways. Uh, I suspect, Dave, that that is a move that even in hindsight feels like the moment of the season so far. Does it not? Uh, definitely. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'd say that's that's been you know, the, the story of the season so far is, is that decision. And, you know, um, I want to say that maybe it was surprising in the sense that it kind of happened in the middle of the season like that, you know, um, and it was something that, you know, maybe you, you kind of got the feeling that this, this was his year to, to really prove himself as, as head coach, um, considering, you know, the moves they made, the players that they brought in, like this was kind of going to be a make or break year. Um, and so um, at least, you know, my gut feeling was that, you know, they may 
they may have, you know, gone this season out, seen what, what happens, you know, and at the end of the season is when, you know, they may, may have made a, de- make a decision on, you know, what his, in his future with the team, but, you know, it just kind of happened real suddenly like that. And, you know, it, it, there may have been a, a bit of, um, uh, precedent for that, considering the Indiana Fever let go of their head coach, you know, kind of just right before that um, in season. So, yeah. you know, maybe there was a bit of a precedent there. And um, it's it was just, you know, they just had gotten off to such a disappointing start this year. Um, and, and, you know, we can talk about the travel issues, you know, we could talk about the the lack of practice time because they were on the road so much. And when you're trying to put together, you know, so many big pieces like that um, and trying to just blend this new team together. But ultimately, you know, coaching, coaching's kind of a, a results driven profession. And, you know, regardless of, of what, what's going on on the court there, you know, regardless of, you know, you look at the wins and losses and ultimately, you know, I feel like the coach is going to take the fall. Um, and maybe, maybe, you know, who knows? It, it was obviously, you know, management upper brass felt like it, it was time for, for a change. Well, when they let go of Fisher, it was coming off of a seven-point loss to the Phoenix Mercury where they were five and seven, but they were entering a stretch where basically from the day they fired him up until this past Sunday, June 19th, they would only have one game, and it was a home game against the Aces. It left a ton of practice time. They brought in Fred Williams, who it should be noted was very close with Liz Cambage when they were both in Dallas together in the past and is seen as somebody who is brought in as a veteran of the WNBA is coached at multiple stops in the WNBA can kind of help write the ship. But in the two games since they lost at home to the aces pretty handily. And then just this past Sunday in what is the first of five games in nine days for the sparks after all this practice time, it's right back into a gauntlet. They went to Dallas and lost rather decisively. I would say to the wings, they were down by, what I think it was 16 points entering the third quarter. So for a team that made this move and had all this practice time, even with the new regime, it it hasn't looked great for these first two results without Derek as well. Yeah. And I I think there's, there's a couple key issues um, that, that keep coming up um, that have been issues since the season began. And, and in these past two games, they continue to be kind of glaring there. Um, and I think one of them that, that I want to mention is defensively that the past couple seasons, you know, even, even last year with, with the team, you know, decimated as they were with injuries last year, um, they were still among one of the, the league's elite on that side of the, the ball. Um, and just the 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 defense has really been it's it's been a struggle for them this year you know and they've had stretches where they put together some some good defensive possessions and they just can't seem to sustain that for for an entire 40 minutes i will say anytime you just actively make a decision to swap erica wheeler from your roster with kennedy carter that's probably going to impact your defense a decent bit just going to throw that out there about that trade yeah. And, and, you know, they, like I was saying too, they, they have, they, they have, they go through these stretches where, yeah, they'll look really good defensively, you know, a few possessions in a row, but they, for some reason, they just can't sustain that. And they had like the, the game against Las Vegas, you know, last weekend, 
Um, you know, they started out really well. You know, they they played well. Good energy to start the game in the first quarter. Second quarter rolls around. Boom. You know, Vegas gets free. Uh, they start getting out in transition. They start knocking down some timely threes. We saw that yesterday with Dallas. Um, they they were in that game up. They were only down by five at the half. And uh, third quarter comes, um, which was kind of a continuation from the end of the second quarter where Dallas just kind of got free was able to knock down some threes, build up a lead, and and just never look back. And and the players have talked about it um, uh, post-game. Um, you know, they, they've mentioned that one of the issues that they've been seeing out there is, is their transition defense. Um, but, you know, it's just that's that's been just one of the, the glaring issues there is not being able to sustain a, a consistent defensive effort for a full 40 minutes, and it's it's hurt them. And I mean, you can you can use both the advanced statistics using basketball reference here. Last year's defensive rating for the Sparks was fourth best in the league. This year they are dead last and they're allowing 108.8 points per 100 possessions. Or you could just use the basic stats of points allowed per game. Last year they allowed 77.1 points per game. That was second best in the league. So far this year through 14 games, it's 87.6 points. They're allowing almost... More, excuse me, more than 10 points more per game so far, which, by the way, is second worst in the WNBA right now. It's clear, obviously, they made some moves maybe to spark the offense and were willing to sacrifice some defense. I don't think they are getting the amount of offense they wanted, and I think they're realizing maybe they sacrificed more defense than they thought they had to sacrifice. And before we kind of really break that down here, I want to talk quickly if you wanted to kind of maybe think about well, if I don't believe in their defense, maybe I should look at players on the other team to do well against them offensively. You should go to prizepicks.com or download Price Picks on your phone and use the Price Picks app to do daily fantasy. Check out prizepicks.com and use the promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. They have WNBA games each and every night. There is a WNBA game, so you can look at, say, the Washington Mystics who are coming. If you really don't believe in that L.A. Sparks defense, maybe you think Elena Deladon has a big night. Maybe you think Ariel Atkins can do well. Go to Prize Picks. The app is super easy to use and super simple to sign up and check out what they have for the WNBA. Thanks to the Locked On Podcast Network. Use the promo code NBA. Prize Picks, daily fantasy made easy. So with this defense, Dave, what what do you think can be done? There's been some kind of roster fluidity here. Christy Tolliver is kind of finally back in and getting into the fold after missing a good chunk of the first month of the season while she was still an assistant coach with the Dallas Mavericks. Where does this – where can you look for improvement if you're trying to find it when they prepare first for the Mystics tonight but for this continuation of this five games and nine-day stretch? Um, I think you know, the, that's a good point that you brought up, you know, Christy Tolliver's return, um, because one of the other issues they've been having is uh, turnovers. And, um, you know, they can't seem to take care of the ball either. And, you know, taking a look around the league, I think they're in the bottom half. You know, they're one of the last four teams in the league in terms of turnovers per game. You know, they're, they're averaging. They're, yeah, they're turning it over 14.6 points yeah. per game. That's 10th out of 12 in the league. Not not necessarily great, you would say. 
And right. And, and I think that, you know, that's, that's an area that somebody like a Christy Tolliver can help in, in that you have, and you're adding an an experienced uh, ball handler and and playmaker. Um, You know, I think last night against Dallas, um, she had three assists in the game and only one turnover. Um, So I I think that that may help a little bit there. Um, And, and we'll see, you know, I think um, she's definitely somebody that, that can help this team. Um, again, you know, I'm not going to say that she's the answer, you know, to everything um, that's that's been going on with the season, but just kind of integrating her into the lineup is is something that's going to help. Just having that that steady hand, that that steady ball handler who's who's going to be play smart out there. Um, she's she's somebody that that can kind of help a little bit. So far, she only just played for the first time against Dallas on Sunday. So how she integrates into the roster, how that happens, she only played 15 minutes in that game. But she clearly is somebody that they'll want to kind of utilize going forward. I will say, though, the part where you have to hope she maybe makes the biggest impact, especially compared to the rest of the league, is help the Sparks maybe open up the floor more. This is a team that is dead last, both in three-point attempts and in three-pointers made, they're shooting actually five less three-pointers a game than they were a season ago. When uh, And some of the moves they made this offseason was to get more outside shooting. They've added Katie Lou Samuelson. They added Lexi Brown, who are leading their team in three-point attempts. But for the most part, this is a team that's barely been shooting the ball, and it's maybe making them easier to defend inside their league-worst field goal percentage, even though they're getting, excuse me, league-worst in field goal attempts. Part of that's the turnovers, but they're the league's best field goal shooting team percentage-wise. But when all of those shots are, for the most point, two-point shots, and you're not shooting enough from three, it's tough to kind of be an aggressive offense that way. Their offense is scoring more, but when you're not, putting up three pointers or, or making them it's, t- it can be easy for you to lose those gaps. You would say, right. Does that feel like a thing with this team to you, Dave, as you watch them every day is that they need to maybe be shooting more threes and spread their offense out a tiny bit more. Uh, yeah, definitely. You know, and, and I think, you know, Christy Tolliver does help on that end. You know, she's been a decent three point shooter. Um, I do want to mention that she did start, you know, she only played 15 minutes, but she did start yesterday. Um, against Dallas. Um, and I think there's one, there's one area though, that I do want to mention um, in terms of maybe kind of getting this offense um, to, to jumpstart a little bit. And that's um, I think, I think maybe Christy Tolliver, at least at this point of her career, while she can still help this team is, is going to be more effective kind of coming off the bench now. Um, and that's, I, that's a hot take. I got to say, I'm, I'm want to yeah. hear this through. And, and I do think, because there, there's one one pairing in particular that, you know, the team themselves have also said has has worked well when when they play together, and that's the backcourt pairing of Jordan Canada and Kennedy Carter. Um, and they they haven't, you know, they, I don't, they haven't really had uh, an opportunity to start together. I know when Kennedy was starting, that was when Jordan Canada was out briefly, you know, with that hamstring issue. Um, but the two of them together have looked well, you know, they, they've played well. Um, the teams noticed it. Um, you know, Fred Williams has mentioned it. Uh, Neka Gumake mentioned it, that, that they, they've looked good when they've played together. And so, um, 
I think each time that Kennedy has gotten the start this season, she's really helped the team. You know, her minutes have just kind of fluctuated a little bit. She's coming off the bench now. Um, I know we talked about her before how, um, you know, you, you gave up a lot to get her, you know, she was kind of a huge acquisition and you would kind of expect that, you know, she'd be a little bit more, I guess, I don't know if I want to say involved, but, but just, you know, that, that her minutes maybe would be a little bit more than what yeah. they are. Um, and so I think that's, that's something that can really help there is, is to kind of, to look at that pairing, look at Jordan Canada and Kennedy Carter playing together in the backcourt. And cause I mean, you, at, at this point, you know, you, you, you got to get some results. Um, you know, they're, they're kind of wallowing under 500 there. And if, if that, that pairing's been, been pretty good. And I, I know, you know, you mentioned before um, defensively, uh, you know, with with Kennedy Carter, but right. you know, I think playing alongside somebody like Jordan Canada, you know, who's always been a, a pretty good defensive player, um, may help there. Well, but that that lineups, those two, you can kind of use stats.wnba.com to kind of go to two player lineup. That lineups has played thirty six minutes together, but it hasn't really looked pretty defensively, which I think is the big risk you run with those two. And that I think is mainly just Kennedy, to be honest, right? I think you have some pretty decent defenders, but Kennedy's growth on the defensive end isn't happening in the way probably people would like it to. And frankly, that happened. It needs to happen more to make up for what you hope she's able to bring you on the offensive end. And that's a player that can be an impact player that has proven that at the collegiate level, even proved it so far in her pro career. I mean, so far in her pro career she was you know she though has gone down in her scoring average with each season because i think frankly that she's not able to play as much as she used to because her defense is so bad she has to improve on the defensive end if she's going to be able to be an impact type of player because you can't give up more points than you're scoring and be somebody consistently relied on in the WNBA. No, yeah, that that's true, and it and it does put the team, you know, in a little bit of an interesting position there because you you take a look at um, you know the other options in terms of you know starting in the back court there. Um, you do have you know there's the possibility of of starting Brittany Sykes again. I mean, I, we all know what what she brings on on the defensive end there. Um, I think you know with Brittany Sykes, um, one of the issues there is. Um, her her offense has has definitely come along, you know, in the past couple of years. She's, I mean, she was always a, a pretty dependable slasher. Um, I think her playmaking game is really starting to show this season. Um, the the one area that you know I I may have had some concern with is is the shooting. And, you know, we talk about um, you know how the, this team's really been struggling to to shoot from the outside, um, and you know there have been some games where where Britney's looked pretty good. Um, with that three point stroke. And then there are other games where, you know, not as, not so much. And so um, that's, that's definitely an option there um, in terms of, you know, does, is, is that trade off, you know, is what she brings defensively to the starting lineup. Can, you know, we maybe not, we, we can go with some, you know, not as consistent offense, you know, in terms of shooting. Um, But, you know, definitely, um, you know, I'm I'm not so sure too. I, maybe you know, maybe Christy Tolliver ends up you know 
doing well in the starting lineup. I just the way the way this roster was kind of constructed coming into the season and and based on you know who was on the team, I just kind of felt that you know maybe it was best for for Christie to to come off the bench now um and you know to to bring that that veteran the her presence with with the second unit there but you know who knows you know maybe maybe she actually they do need her in the starting lineup but you know i think i think that's that's just one of the things that that's going to be interesting to see in these next few games here is you know that that starting backcourt it's kind of been rotating throughout the season um with- well and this, and especially with the quick gauntlet of games right we're recording this monday night for tuesday but on Tuesday tonight, they're playing the second of that five games and nine day stretch where you're going to just run people's bodies down the rep. They started on the road. They're home tonight. They'll be home Thursday. They're in Seattle Sunday. They're home again the following Tuesday. So they're, uh, excuse me, they're in on the road in Seattle Monday, Saturday, they'll be home again Monday, but you'll have to kind of maybe manage the minutes a little bit, which will be interesting to see. I do have a big picture question I want to ask you, but first I do want to talk to you about rock auto which has just some amazing selection and some reliably low prices. They have all the parts your car will ever need. Make sure you visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On and the Locked On Women's Basketball Podcast sent you. So, Dave, when, when you look at this team and you kind of think about how they were built, clearly they thought something wasn't right if they made the coaching change. And now they've had two games. They are actually, funny enough, at the fewest games played of anybody in the WNBA. In fact, some of the teams in the league have already played 18 games and are at the halfway point of their season. The Sparks are still at 14. They'll get to 18 by next Monday already because it's just a quick gauntlet here. But there is a chance for them to quickly write this ship by the halfway point next week. If you tear off four straight wins here, you're 9-9 nine and nine and you probably feel pretty comfortable. In the meantime, you could have that flip on you right away. And maybe you go one and three over these next seven days or worse, oh and four. And all of a sudden you're now in your second state season where you've traded away your first round pick and it's going to fall on the lottery, which perhaps is part of why Fisher had to be let go was not necessarily for his on-court coaching, but more that his general managing, you know, Fisher, Derek, the GM was hurting Derek, the coach too much to survive. So what does this team uh, this feels like a pretty massive week for this team is kind of where I'm going to and they've already started it off with a loss no yeah this this is definitely a big week coming up and you know uh you mentioned that you know you you the possibility of them you know if you go one and three you know what does that look like and honestly you know these are these are going to be some pretty tough games. You have right. Washington coming in Washington um followed by I believe it's Vegas again. So it's so I'll read it to you because I'm looking at it. You host Washington on Tuesday night tonight. You host the Sky, defending NBA champion on Thursday night, and Candace Parker coming back to town. That should always have a little extra drama. You go to Seattle to take on the Storm, and then the Monday is when you host Vegas. I don't think the Sparks are going to be favored in any of those games. And if you lose them all, you're looking at five and thirteen halfway through the season. Your schedule will ease up a tiny bit in the second half, but you still will have multiple games against the sky. You'll have at least one more game against the sky, two games against the mystics, two games against the sun. Some of the games they've already played where they've, you know, played Minnesota twice already, like their schedule does not do them many favors and they haven't taken care of business that it, 
it's starting you don't want to predict too much but something has to flip this week otherwise things start to look really bleak really quickly I, I would agree. Yeah. I mean, this, this really is going to be, I mean, I don't, I don't want to say that it's, it's really like the make or break stretch. I mean, in in a sense, it, it might be, you, you know, might not say it. I will say it. It yeah, is. It make or break stretch. I will and, happily lean in and say, you got to pull. And especially because you're going to start playing these home games, you've got to pull a couple of these games off. If you're going to be flipping the switch, obviously, you know, with eight of 12 teams making it, you don't have to be a good team or have a good record to make the playoffs, but to feel like you're even got a shot to contend, you know, that aces game, they've been blown out by them twice so far this season. And it really hasn't looked very pretty. That aces game probably needs to at least feel competitive, even if you don't get a win by Monday, but how competitive can you be if you've lost another three games going into that? Right. Yeah. And, and I mean, I would I would say looking at these next four games, um, I mean it, it's possible that that you know they they can kind of flip something around and and have a good showing, maybe pull off some wins. But I mean it's also possible. I don't think any of us would be surprised if they end up going one or three, or perhaps you know dropping each of those games just based yeah. on what we've seen so far this season. What we've seen to this point, um, you know, they haven't really given us any end indication that they're they're really capable of of flipping flipping a switch and and getting things going. So um you know this and, is and, and in and in a WNBA again where eight of twelve teams make it, they still have multiple games against the Phoenix Mercury. They have multiple games against the New York Liberty. They actually still have three games. And those are the teams kind of in that you know, they'll still play the Atlanta dream. Uh, I believe at least one more time, no, two more times. So those are the teams kind of in that seven, eight, nine, ten range where if the sparks are going to make a push, they'll be closer to those teams. So they can still have games later on, but it's got to start looking better on the floor. And you usually want to look good against the teams that you would ostensibly be playing against in the playoffs, which is coming up right here in this week. This week isn't a true make or break week, but it is a sign of how bad are things with this group or are there things that you can take away that show the improvement? I feel like that's maybe as hot take as I'm willing to get for you as the beat reporter, I'm sure you're going to say a little softer that we, th this is a week to show us something, show us the potential against some high quality teams that let us know, are you guys getting this together or is this just happening again for a second straight year? I, I yeah, I think that's, that's definitely what I'd say is that, you know, this, these next four games are really going to tell us a lot. Um, and if, if we see some improvement there, if we see maybe, maybe, you know, you might have a couple losses in there, but it's the way you lose. Like if, if they yeah. continue to, because the past two losses have been pretty bad, you know, and pretty decisive. And um, if if that string can if that continues if that pattern continues with with these upcoming games then you know I think we start taking a look see uh, at things and and start to say hey you know maybe yeah here we go for for a second straight season but if if there's improvement there you know maybe if if there's a couple losses but you know the efforts there the defense is there the offense is there you know the consistency is there maybe you know oh we just came up short here then. I think, you know, that that does bode well in terms of things to come or, or could, you know, but I, I think that's yeah, that's that's pretty fair to in that, you know, this this really is going to tell us a lot 
about how the rest of the season is going to go. It's time for the Los Angeles Sparks to show improvement if they are actually improving during the season. It's probably the entire statement that we could make in a sentence, but it's, it's true. It's time. Dave, thank you so much for taking your time here to record this on a Monday night for our Tuesday show. Are you going to be at uh, the game tonight when they host the Washington Mystics? I will. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be there. So where can people find work, both your tweets from the game and any work that you're going to do out of games like tonight? Um, you can find all my work, all, all my Sparks-related content at uh, The Next. And you can find me um, at on Twitter at, at Dave underscore Yapkowitz. That's thenexthoops.com and at the next hoops on Twitter as well. And you can find me at Alex Simon Sports. I'm with Bay Area News Group. We've had a little bit of things going on up in the Bay Area with the terms of basketball. You might hear more about some of the things I did, a little teaser here, later this week talking with Howard Magdal. We'll see what can happen. We might have some fun. But thank you so much, Dave, for joining us today. And thank you all for listening. We hope you have a lovely Tuesday afternoon.